You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast.
teetering on depression without even knowing it. I can honestly say for three years. I know all the signs and symptoms of depression. Sometimes depression goes undiagnosed. It takes someone else to sort of tap you and go, are you okay? And I want you to know, guys, it's okay to say, no, I'm not. In the following statement, no, I'm not, I'm weak. Because that's the beginning of God working with what is real in our lives. I'm so excited about the definition of what it really means to be weak. Weakness. The stage or condition of lacking strength, firmness, vigor, being feeble. There are times in our Christian life when we feel weak, we think weak things, we even feel deep in our souls the heaviness of sorrow. But the goal of God in that very moment when you understand the condition that you're in is to strengthen that which is weak. There's something about God that I love so much is that he knows our hearts. And he has the answer and he says to us, it's okay to be human. It's okay to be a woman. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, it says that we are the weaker partner. Honestly, this is my favorite scripture when John and I come, get, come into conflict. I said, honey, you have to remember. I am the weaker partner. Okay, Emma, okay. I said, it's biblical. It's biblical. Yes, sisters, I want you guys to feel really comfortable with this. It's okay to be in the weaker partner in a relationship with God. When you go to God, God is to weak. God is not interested in your human strength. God is interested in your human weakness. Jesus died on the cross because of our humanity. He died because we were weak and he knew and he knows that he's the only one that can make us strong. Amen. Who or what are you looking to to be made strong oh, wow. in your weakness? Wow. One of my favorite women in the Bible is Hannah. Yeah. I love her so much. There's so much we can learn from her. She's just like us. She's so real. She's just like us in that she was a part of a royal priesthood, a holy nation of people belonging to God. And sisters, that's who we are. It doesn't matter how we're doing in our weakness when we're weak. What really matters is that you know that you are a godly, holy woman, forgiven by our Father in heaven. Amen? reading in 1 Samuel. I have just fallen in love with reading the Bible because honestly the word of God is the only thing that I can relate to when it comes to just loving God, being honest, in my weakness, 
I just, I love God's word. Amen. The Bible says over in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, what does it say? For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Let's just stop right there. It says if you're dead in your heart, the word of God will quicken you, awaken you. This is perhaps one of the most positive scriptures you could ever read. God's word says, I can get to your heart. I can heal your heart. It literally says it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I don't know about you. I like the idea of being judged by God and not by man. Because God is patient, kind, but most importantly, only God can heal you. In 1 Samuel, I do want to thank Michelle for her incredible vision for the women's ministry here in London and throughout Europe. No, honestly, Michelle, meeting you in Manila was refreshing. Thank you for reaching out to me, touching my heart, being humble. Asking me for my thoughts, my input. That makes me feel like a man. Wow. Because. Wow. 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 You know, I'm smiling about being weak today. <laughs> <laughs> because God has answered my prayer. God strengthens a weakened heart. And my first point in this. To go from being weak to being strong yes. is ask God. That's all. Ask God. Yeah. I don't know what you're going to ask. <laughs> but it says ask God. And it may be different for each person depending on the wicked situation or circumstance you're in. Yeah. And sisters, you will have them. Yeah. Because you're human. But because you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation of people belonging to God, you have the answer in turning to God, who is your strength. I'm fired up. But we're going to read God's word together. All right, let's see here. There was a certain man from Ramatham, 1 Samuel chapter 1. Verse 1, a Zufite from the hill country of Ephraim. I'm going to read pretty fast because I'm, I'm literally going to read the whole chapter. It says, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, and Ephraimites. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. The scene is being set. The main characters are coming forward. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Benina, and to all her sons and daughters, but to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. I can stop here very quickly. Sometimes sadness and hardship comes from a result of God doing it 
or God allowing it to happen. But we can't freak out because of God's sovereignty. God knows what he's doing. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. Can we relate? This went on how long? Year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Have you been there? She was teetering on deep depression. Maybe she started off with just depression. Then it went to major depression. And she thought, it's time to check in. It's time to get help. Her husband, Elkanah, would say to her, Hannah, and I love Elkanah. Let me just say this. I love Elkanah for this. I love him taking time out and having conversation with her. This is talk therapy. Of course he understood what was going on. But he knew that she needed to communicate, to speak the truth about her condition. He wanted to, what we call, develop a, let's say, a therapeutic alliance. He says, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? I'm sure the questions were just like her. He says, don't I need more to you than 10 sons? Basically, he said, I know you're emotional, but I want you to use your head. I want you to use your heart. I want you to use your heart and your head. I want them to come together. Because you need to stay focused on the God that you love and the God that loves you. Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. I like that she stood up. It tells me that she was probably lying on the couch crying. The couch is soaked. That's what we do. When we're depressed, when we're sad, when we can't heal ourselves, when we feel the weakness of our being, we can get sad. But we don't because we are the Lord's priesthood. Royal family. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, consider these emotions. It says, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping how bitterly. And she made a vow in her bitter weeping. She held on to her relationship with God. She started negotiating. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk. And said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. It's like that sometimes, to be misunderstood, misinterpreted, thought negatively about. But it's all good. Because of the sovereignty of our God. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I love her humility. She goes, not so. And she says, my Lord. I am a woman who is what? Deeply troubled. 
sisters, we need to know when we're deeply troubled. Yeah. You know, God has made me a little bit sensitive to that. In 2009, I knew I was deeply troubled at another stage in my life. Decisions were being made in the church and my ministry. And I just felt like I just don't want to go in that direction. <clears throat> I really don't want to go in that direction of being more independent and separated and uncommitted to each other and to discipleship and raising up leaders and speaking the truth in love, growing and changing and living in my weakness and looking to God for help. And at that time, I was working on my PhD, and one of the requirements in working on your PhD in clinical psychology is that you have your own psychologist. God was looking out for me. So I was in my third week, but, but it was the third class, but this was my third week with my psychologist. And it's interesting what my psychologist would do. I would be introduced, it was here. She'll be sitting in her chair, she'll get up out of her chair, and she'll sit where I'm supposed to sit as the client. And she says, Emma, come up, sit in my chair. And at first I hesitated. I thought, am I that prideful? Am I not that teachable? What's going on? And so I decided to be like the clients that come to see me to her. So I obey. And I went and sat in her seat. She goes, how do you feel? I said, I feel a little comfortable here. <laughs> and she says, good. She says, you need to be comfortable with who you really are. And she goes, I know it's not by your choice that you're who you are. She says, your life is not your own. And I said, but I want my life to be my own. I'm tired of living for other people. And I sort of kind of like squeezed myself. I said, God, can I just own me for a little? And she smiled. And she says, Emma, that's why I look forward to you coming in. I take a break. <laughs> so anyway, very quickly, her advice to me. She said, Emma, why don't you just get away and spend some time with yourself? And I thought, but I, I obeyed. I took her advice, talked to John, talked to the women in my life. I go for it. I was shocked. <laughs> I thought this must be the Lord. <laughs> so I went for it, and uh, I spent three weeks away in uh, our hometown of, of Indiana, and uh, I, I actually kept a journal of my time. And uh, after keeping my journal, I came back and I shared it with uh, friends, sisters in the church, and, and with my counselor. She said, I love you. She says, make it a manuscript and submit it. And she said, you know, the, the world needs to know a heart like yours. So I thought, okay. I'm pretty pitiful here, but I'll submit it. And I submitted it to uh, three publishers, and uh, all three of them wanted it. They liked it. Wow. And they said, there's a sense of innocence and naivety about you. <laughs> and so we don't know how well you'll promote this, but <laughs> we want to work with you. 
again, I obey. And uh, the book that came out of it was 21 Days of Rediscovery. I allowed them to give it a title, all and on and on. Because I was surrendered because I was praying to God for help. In verse 12, as she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk. I think we read that. And said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Point number one is going to be very quickly. Get comfortable with being weak. Deep down in your heart. Don't be afraid to feel your humanity. Because at this time, God wants you to turn to him. Amen. Eli answered. He was so moved by her. He said, go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant you what you've asked of him. You know, this is what I really appreciate about the spiritual men and women in my life. They're not problem solvers. They're problem directors. They direct you to the God that can grant you healing. You know, today you're here out of your relationship with God. Your leaders, your disciples are just a support team. I hope you feel supported today. Verse 18. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. I love this woman. <laughs> then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer what? Downcast. Sometimes we're afraid to show the truth about our condition. We're afraid to be downcast because we do not know how to comfort one another when we're downcast, when we're hurting. Listen, it's about being human. I love it. I love this story because it is also a love story. Let's read this. You'll you pick this up. It's a love story. Early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord. And then, went, and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah. And the Lord remembered her. What a love story. Elkanah really loved her. You know, he had Penina, but we won't talk about her. I'm sure she was there because, because Hannah was a trusting person, and she loved Elkanah. And she wanted him to have children. She wanted him to fill his fullness, his manhood. And he appreciated that. And perhaps this is just an assumption. And so she, she, she maybe hands, you know, Penina over to Elkanah. And Penina knew that Elkanah really loved. She provoked her. She irritated her. Sometimes we feel so irritated yeah. by others yeah. when we're down, yeah. when we're weak. Yeah. It's okay to be weak. I know I have a few minutes here. Sisters, God will always meet your needs when you're vulnerable, open, and honest. Honest and answer prayer strengthens a weakened heart. Again, ask God. Number two, although you may be weak, 
act strong. Come on. Acting doesn't mean you're being false. Acting means obey God anyway. Because that's what she did. She continued to be open. She continued to get discipling. She continued to go and worship God. She continued to pray. She went for God. She didn't go against God. Point number two, although you may be weak, act strong. Obey God anyway. Point number three, when misunderstood by the world, don't misunderstood, don't misunderstand that God is sovereign. Sometimes with misunderstanding, you start doubting who you are in your relationship with God. She could have said, well, maybe I did drink something, <laughs> knowing that she did it. Maybe I've done something wrong. What sin have I committed? There was no sin here. There was hurt and pain because of a condition, a circumstance, a natural disaster. We have natural disasters in our lives. It has nothing to do with your sin. But you know what sin does to weaken us? What sin does, it hardens the heart. Where you're so weak that you stop doing number two. You stop acting strong. You stop obeying God. That's why we need to deal with sin. We need to be so sensitive to sin when we're hurting. I remember in my life at the age of 33, and I'm going to close out here. I'm going to share this story. My heart has felt a lot of pain from natural disaster. When I was 32 years old, I got a phone call from my older sister. And she says, Emma, mother's sick. And I thought to myself, what do you mean mother's sick? Mother has cancer. She's had cancer for many years. She's in the hospital. You need to come home. At that time, John and I were leading the church in Washington, D.C. And we got on a plane and we, came, we went home. And while I was at home, all my brothers and sisters gathered together in a circle. And they had this meeting set up for me to let me know that if I spoke anything negative about her salvation in any way, they would not be happy. And I thought to myself, I am weak. Why provoke me? I said, okay. I trusted God. The day that my mother died, I received a phone call from John who had left Indiana to go back to the UK. He was doing a retreat here in London. I got a call from John and he says, you need to go to the hospital. You need to go see your mother. I was like, John, it's 10.30 at night. They will not allow me, and he says, just trust me, go see your mom. In a weakened state, it's important to obey. Your husband, your leaders, your disciples, I was obedient. And 
out this faithful. I went in, and as I went through, it was this mysterious. As I was going through, and they were like, hi, hello. <laughs> went up the stairs, got on the elevator, went up to my mother's room, room 333, went past the nurse's station, and they said, oh, you must be Miss, Miss Jackson's daughter. I said, yes, that's me. She's waiting. I walked through the doorway, and as I was going in, she says, is it time yet? Are you an angel? I said, no, mother, it's just me. Emma Denise. And she said, you've always been my angel. Grab a chair and have a seat. My mother was 95 pounds at the time. She didn't look the same, but it did not register to me that that may be my mother's last hour. So I sat next to her, and I reached out and I held as I held her hand, she said to me, is there anything you want to tell me? I said, yes, Mom. God loves you. He's waiting for you. I don't know where to get from. I said, is there anything you want to share with me? She says, yes. It's, it took years for me to understand it. She said, I want you to know that I loved your father. I forgave your father. She says, now go and get me a cold drink of water. <laughs> That's really real. I researched that later. So I got up and I went to the nurse's station to, to, to get her a little canister, you know, a little water thing. And I said, oh, I need to call my family and let them know that I'm here, my siblings. And at that time, there was no cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> so I went downstairs and I dialed home and my sister, who was a nurse, answered the phone. She goes, Emma, where are you? I said, I'm here with mom at the hospital. She goes, what are you doing there? And then there was an announcement that came on the intercom and it said, Code Blue, room 333. Wow. And my sister, I had no idea what Code Blue was, idiot. And my sister says to me, she goes, Emma, mother just died, get up there. And so I'm rushing up there alongside the, uh, the three people, you know, the rescue team. And as soon as I get to the door, they stop me. They said, that's her daughter, don't let her in. And I blanked out. I don't remember what happened after that. But what I do know, is that God allowed me to sit with my mother yeah. and hear her last breath. She never recovered. They kept her on support for three days so that all the rest of the family could come and say goodbye. But I lost, I lost my mom. But I won something very valuable in my relationship with God. And that is, an answered prayer strengthens a weakened heart. Although you may be weak, act strong, obey, anyway. When misunderstood by the world, your family, trust God and know that he is solid. Turn your weakness into strength by looking to our God, our Lord Almighty. I love you. Thank you.
we would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast if you would like video versions of these episodes whether it's sermon highlights or interviews feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our youtube channel that's londonchurch.org.uk that's l-o-n-d-o-n-c-h-u-r-c-h dot org dot uk and for all other updates and information whether it's services events or devotionals you can find all that on our website also once again we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one